Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the pastor of Church of the King, and I'm so pumped up that you're hanging out with us with our podcast today. I pray that God really speaks to you and that you're encouraged and inspired to live your life with everything you have for Him. Hey, I want to encourage you to check us out over at cotk.org. You can go there and learn all kinds of things about us and when our service times are. And speaking of our service times, I would love to invite you so that I could actually meet you personally on one of our weekend services. I promise you, your kids will love it. You'll have a great time and you'll have a blast. I pray today that God speaks to you through this word. God bless you. Love all you guys. So proud of y'all for getting out here, man. It's awesome. You know what always happens, though? I've been doing this for several years now. There's always someone that's going to come strolling in about 12.15. I think what we ought to do is we should all stand up and cheer for them whenever they come in at 12.15, what y'all think? No, they probably wouldn't come back to church if we did that. So I don't think we're going to do that. Hey, if you have your Bible, if you would open up to Matthew chapter 14, we're going to go there in just a few minutes. Um, But man, pumped to have, have you guys with us, excited about all the things God's doing in our church and different things that are coming up. Can you believe it's almost Easter already? So it's almost Easter time. And so I want to give you guys a heads up so you can go ahead and mark your calendar and get ready for it. We have four Easter services coming up, okay? Four identical Easter services, about an hour long, the service are so you can be prepared. We have one Saturday night and three Sunday morning, okay? Hey, I want to encourage you as well. This is a great time to invite a friend. People will come to church on Easter when they wouldn't come any other time. And so come check it out. Come get ready. Put on your best outfits and come and uh, ready to have a great time. We'll have a place where you can take pictures. We'll have a lot of fun things going on for your kids. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll tell you a little bit more about it as we get closer to it, uh, but I just want to make sure you mark the calendar. One thing that's not up there on the screen But it's important to know as well, we will be doing for the first time, I'm really excited about this. I really wanted to do this once we got had our own place. We're gonna do a Friday night communion service together. And so now most of you don't know this, but we have a church that meets here at three o'clock. It's actually a Messianic Jewish congregation, okay? So they have Rabbi, Rabbi Michael and uh, Rabbi Danny. And Rabbi Michael's the the primary uh, rabbi and uh, they've been coming since we opened the doors. We let them use our place. Um, we, we're excited to be able to do that for them. And so I was on the phone with him this week, and I asked him, would he come on that Friday night, and would he share with us from a Jewish perspective at the Last Supper what was really going on, what was happening? And when we take communion, you may not realize this. I did not know this to probably seven, eight years ago where I sat down, and it's called a Seder is what it's called, and it's what the Jewish people do, and they walk through the communion, and it is so much deeper and richer than we even realize, and so he's actually going to walk us through that as a rabbi and what they would be doing, and he's going to have the whole setup for us, and so we're going to have a little bit of worship. He's going to take about 20 minutes and share what was actually going on, so every time we take communion, which we do once a month, Last Sunday of the month, we take communion as a church. It'll bring more depth and understanding, and then we will celebrate it that night. So that's on that Friday night. You're gonna really enjoy that, and so I wanna encourage you to be there. All right, last thing, last announcement to make real quick. We're gonna have the week after uh, Easter is a men's night. Uh, We normally have a men's night in February, but with everything going on and us moving into our facility, we moved it a little bit. We wanted to get through our six-week series, so we're doing a men's night April 11th, and we we planned it, started planning it out this past week, and it's going to be awesome. So men, go ahead and mark your calendar. It'll be a Sunday evening uh, that we'll be together. We'll have a two- to three-hour little window, a lot of fun things prepared for you, some worship, a word, but 
uh, some food trucks and just have a real good time for all the guys to come hang together. So make sure you mark your calendar with that. Man, awesome. A lot of, a lot of great things going on here at our church. So we're on the fourth part of a series we're calling If Only. If Only, living a life without regrets. Well, the truth is we know that living a full life with no regrets is probably not going to happen, but you can live a life with the least amount of regrets as possible. And we really believe the way that that happens is by us living the way God's called us to live and us aligning ourselves with what God says uh, to us. And here's been the core scripture that we've used throughout the whole series. And it's this, Philippians 3, 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus. The title of the message, our fourth part, we have six, a six-part series, is this, is the surrendered life. The surrendered life. We talked about what do you do with your regrets, and we talked about forgiveness, and we're talking about now, like, when we surrender our life to God, living a surrendered life to God is the most fulfilling life you can live. But many of us, we have, pro- we have a problem surrendering because we want to hold on to certain things. Uh, one of my best stories of holding on to things actually comes from my brother-in-law. And I like to share a little something funny, kind of get things going. And, and y'all are lacking an hour of sleep by getting here on time. And so I'm going to be a little funnier than normal, hopefully. I'll try. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best. And by the way, if you say amen, I'll get you out of here quicker. And you get to beat all the other churches, the Lubies, all right, and Lupes, all right? So, so a little amen, it doesn't hurt nobody, all right? So my brother-in-law has a great story about the first time he ever... That's a little too quick. A little too quick, all right? If you say it too much, then you just... You're hurting the pastor, all right? Anyway, move. in other words, like, shut up, pastor, we're hungry, all right? So let's not do that. So, so my brother-in-law, okay, he tells, he has a great story of the first time he ever went skydiving, okay? Now, that's on my bucket list. I've been wanting to go skydiving for a long time. When we got married, I was like, I was like babe, I want to go skydiving. She's like, you're not going skydiving. You're not leaving me with these children. <laughs> and then uh, my pastor, when started going to my church and my pastor said, you are never skydiving, Jason, because you cannot leave your wife and kids and you can't leave what's going on God's doing in this church. You can't, you can't. And I'm like, man, oh, you can't, can't. <laughs> and then we move into this building and as, you know, we, we move into this building, the bank said, you know, hey, for us to give you this loan, we want your personal name on it so that you don't, so nothing happens to you. And by the way, you can't skydive. I'm like, man. So I might be 97 years old and they just throw me out of a plane, but I'm skydiving at some point. So anyway, my brother-in-law shares this story, first time ever skydiving. And the first time you ever go, it's, a, it's going to call a tandem jump. So someone is strapped to you. So the instructor is strapped to you. So you're in the front and the instructor is, is strapped to you. So if anything goes wrong, then he can do what he needs to do. Uh, even though they've taught you how to go skydiving. And so, so my brother-in-law, he talks about how he got on the plane and they go all the way up to about 15,000 feet and he's strapped to the instructor and, and, and he's excited. But then as they start getting a little higher, reality starts to set in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then all of a sudden the door opens. And when the door opens, and they say, it's time. My brother-in-law's okay. Then they ooch to the opening in the door, and he's holding on. And the instructor's yelling in his ear because loud. He goes, all right, it's time. Let go of your right foot. So he did. Let go 
with your left foot. He did. Let go with your left hand. And he did. Let go with your right hand. Let go with your right hand. Can you hear me? Let go with your right hand. And he said this. He goes, I've got you. Let go with your right hand. Which my brother-in-law turned his head. He goes, at 15,000 feet, I got me. You ain't got me. I got me at 15,000 feet. And it's funny as that is, and ultimately he let go, and they had a, a great, it was awesome trip and all that, awesome ride. You know, I think we're like, can be like that, really surrendering everything to God. You know, it's really easy to surrender everything to God till it's time to surrender everything to God. And it's, I can just see it now, God, hey, I'm with you, I got you. Hey, I want to forgive you of all your sin, cleanse you of all your unrighteousness, let it go. Okay, Lord. Hey, I want you to, to get rid of all your guilt and shame and, 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 and let it go. Okay, good, good. Hey, I want to help you and I want to help you grow in your faith and give you hope for a future and a plan and a purpose for you. All right. All right. Now I want you to forgive. I want you to begin to tithe what you, what you get and I want you to serve in the kids' ministry and I want you to help out. <laughs> nah, Lord, I got this one. <laughs> I got this one. So, no, no, you, no, I got you, I promise. It's going to be a great ride, I got you. No, God, when it comes to everything else you can take, but that one, I got that one. And I think we could all do, and by the way, it's all of us, myself included. Really, life is kind of, a, it's an ongoing learning how to surrender everything to God. It's really how to surrender to, to Him. And you know, it really makes sense, though, and when we think about surrendering everything to God, it can be so hard. I think because sometimes we get things built up in our head that, oh man, well, if I surrender everything to God, like he's going to move me to like Mongolia. And, and, here's, and we come up with all these different ideas, but here's the thing you got to know is God created you. So God knows how you work best. And God knows the lane you should be in, the gifting that you have because he put it in you. And so if he says, trust me, let go, I've got you, it's the best possible place you could be, and I could be. And my brother-in-law, if he would have said, no, I'm good, never mind, put me back on the plane, he would have missed out on what he says, the greatest adrenaline rush of his life. And who knows how much we're missing out on because we're like, I don't know if I want to let that one go. I'll tell you what it is. It's the difference between Jesus just being your Savior or Jesus being your Savior and your Lord. Where we surrender it all to him. Where Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. Scripture talks about it in 2 Peter 2.20. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of this world by knowing our God, our, Savior, our Lord and Savior. Romans 10.9 says it this way. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, many of us have heard this scripture before that says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and it almost sounds easy. Hey, well, Jesus is Lord. Okay, I did, I did the right thing. But if you actually see the context of the moment, it's a lot deeper than that. I'm talking about full surrender. See, Paul was writing to the Romans. He's writing to Rome, the church in Rome, which is why it's called Romans. And, and there was something that was happening during that time. Caesar, throughout Rome, would have different statues 
where people would come and give tribute to. And if you came through certain parts of the city, you would come along one of these statues. And when you did, you would have to go and you would have to kneel before the statue and say, Caesar is Lord. So when Paul is writing, he's writing in this context. So when it comes to that moment and you've got to find out what are you surrendered to? So when you take a knee, you say, no, Jesus is Lord. And when you say Jesus is Lord, now you could be imprisoned. And in some cases, even executed because of it. It, was a, it wasn't a partial surrender. It was a full surrender. Now, here's the thing. This is really why I want to talk about fully surrendering to all of us. is because many of you, you you've, you've experienced God's forgiveness. You've experienced God's grace. Hey, since we opened up the church's doors in, in December 6th, uh, just th these church doors, we've seen 250 50 people give their hearts to Jesus for the very first time. It's awesome, and you're feeling the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. You feel, and it's amazing, but it doesn't stop there. As you learn to surrender every single area, and we all learn to surrender every single area of our life, then you'll get the blessing and the promises attached to those things, and you'll live one of the greatest lives that you could. You want to talk about living a life with no regrets? Live a life fully surrendered to God, and you'll live a life that's fully fulfilled. You will. But here's the thing. The Bible has a lot to say has a lot to say about relationships, has a lot to say about health and faith and, and even renewing our mind, a lot to say about, about possessions and giving and all those things. But every promise that we see in Scripture that God has for us, there's a, there's a step of faith you and I have to take to receive it. For every promise, there, there, is, there is a step of faith that you and I have to take. Hebrews 11 says it this way, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. See, without faith, without taking steps of faith, so in a way I should say this, a step of faith is proof saying, God, I believe that what you say is true. That's, that's what we do when we take those steps of faith. Well, 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 PJ, I'll take a step of faith if I know exactly what's going to happen. You know, faith is not faith if there's not risk involved. It's true. Well, PJ, if I know 100% how it's going to turn out, then I'll take that step of faith. Well, listen, I felt that way before. Now, this is what I've learned. It's, just, it's not faith if you already know. It's not faith if you already know how it all is going to turn and everything's going to be perfect. And it's critical that we, we take those steps of faith. I have felt that before. By the way, let me give you a little insight just from my own personal experience. Is this. Whenever God has required me to take a step of faith, I want you to know that before I took that step of faith, at best, at best, I was sure of it 60%. Maybe 70 if it was a really, really good one. I can remember praying and sensing, okay, maybe God wants me to take this step and, and talking with wise counsel. And they're like, man, I feel like this may be the Lord, Jason. I'm still at 60% because it's a step of faith. And it's not until I go, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if it's going to work. Okay. And after I take that step of faith, then, whew, then the confidence of God would just come in. I remember when we went to start this church. We're praying about where to go. 
And we were looking at different places and driving around, and, and we kept coming back to Katy. And we talked, oh my goodness, ad nauseum about where we're going to go. What is this? All these things. And I remember I was on the phone with one of our elders, Pastor Jeff. And Pastor Jeff said, Jason, at some point, you just got to take a step. And I remember, I was like, okay, okay. And I, and, I, and I knew it was Katie. I knew that's where God wanted us to start. I knew that's where God wanted us to plant ourselves. I'm like, okay, okay, well. But I didn't want to say it. Because once you say it, you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, okay, babe, I'll tell, you where, I'll tell you where I think we're going. And I remember telling our kids, our kids were all sitting on the bed. I'm like, y'all, I think I know where we're going. They're all sitting there. And I was like, we're going to Katy, Texas. And my girls go, yeah, we're going to Texas. And I remember all of a sudden, as we took that step, look what God's done. But it was only about 60%. I remember we went from one service to two services. We had our first full year, and then I really felt in my heart that we needed to go to two services. Grant, you probably remember this. And, uh, and I remember talking to different people like, Man, what do you think about going to services? What do you think? And I'm telling you, everything, they love me. I really sensed it in my heart. I felt like the Lord wanted us to do it. To, we really wanted to get to a place where someone could serve one and attend one. Uh, and so that's, that was one of the reasons we wanted to do it. But then I remember people would say, Pastor, you sure you want to go to services? I'm like, yeah. And by the way, inside scoop, okay? I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain, okay, in the pastor world. We got to get up here and we got to be confident. The Lord's expanding our horizons. We're going to two services. Praise God. It's going to be awesome. And then we do this. Lord, you better come through. <laughs> you better do it, Lord. And that's what we do. <laughs> Take a step. And I remember I had other people saying, hey, we're with you, Pastor. Whatever you decide, we're with you, which basically means I think that's stupid, Pastor, but I'm with you. Either way. We went to two services. We expanded right away. I remember when we began to believe for our permanent facility in our second year. And I remember all year praying and expecting and asking God, and, and we didn't know how, but we took that step of faith by saying, God's telling us to pray and believe this year for it. And there were several times I wanted to get up on the stage and kind of like, like make a caveat, you know, like, well, you know, it's the Lord's timing. I wanted to do that, but no, I felt that urge to you know, keep taking that step, and God gave us the opportunity. I remember with a group of about 300 people in our church, and we talked about the, the, the vision of what God could could begin and do here, and, and I remember sharing that, and, and I remember we brought in a, we brought in a, a counselor, a, a consultant, excuse me, that would help with, with, fun, with fundraising, and I said, I'm believing God for $2 million, got to put that in our heart, and he said, with a church your side, I don't see how that's going to work, how that's going to happen, and I said, no, I, I just, okay, I, I believe this is Lord, 60, 70%, I'm telling you, and then, do you know, with those 300 people, we pledged $1.85 million. And the consultant told me, say, hey, whatever you pledge, don't worry. No, you everybody comes a little below what they pledge. It's fine. Do you know, before we moved in here, we brought over $2.5 million that came in, all because we were crazy enough to take that step. Isn't that awesome? And now I can't skydive. But we're here. And guess what? God's going to keep telling us to take steps. You may have heard this saying before. Hey, you take a leap of faith. By the way, there's nowhere in Scripture where it says take a leap of faith. It has a lot to say about taking steps of faith because we're all in a journey of taking steps of faith. You know, for some of you, coming to church this morning might have been a step of faith. 
and we're proud of you. For some of you, singing in worship for the first time might have been a step of faith for you. That's awesome. For some of you, you see, you know, some people lift their hands. It's, it's, it's biblical. It talks about, you know, lifting up your hands all throughout Scripture and, and, and surrender. And, and for some of you, you may have took a step today and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that hand thing. Some of you, you put a death grip on that seat in front of you and you're like, nope, nope, nope. And your wife's like, that's why God loves me more than you. Anyway, no, no, that's not true. And, and you know, and, and you know, and there's steps where you might have been like, hey, I'm serious. I'm proud of you. That's a step of faith of you. And you don't have to raise your hands to worship the Lord. You can worship the Lord in your heart. That's fine. We just want you to worship the Lord what's comfortable for you and make sure it's not distracting the others, you know, but we want you to worship God. But that's a step of faith. We're all in a journey of taking steps of faith. And your journey is different from my journey. The Bible says this, we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. By the way, don't judge your journey next to somebody else's. You may have been taking steps of faith for two years, and you look at somebody who's been taking steps of faith for 20, and you're like, wow, there's so much spiritual, there's so much this. They've just been taking steps longer than you, that's all. You're on your journey, and we're going to celebrate and go crazy about your steps that you take. And, and a, a leap of faith would be something irresponsible, you know, just something silly that doesn't make any sense that you're going to try to take. No, Scripture talks about taking steps. Psalms 37 says it best. It says, the steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. And he delights, I love this, he delights in his ways and blesses his path. God gets fired up when you take a step. When you take a step, I don't know how this is gonna work out. I'm not really sure how this is, but it says in scripture, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Boom. Man, the Lord delights in that. And I'm so grateful for God and his patience. God doesn't expect us to have it all figured out once we give our hearts to the Lord. He's patient with us. I love this. Is what I love. God is not into perfection, but he is into progress. We're growing. You know, a saying that I put up here for you that I think is just real helpful and has always helped me. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. As a pastor, I'm not where I want to be yet. I want to get better. I want to be the best pastor I can be for you. I want to be the best communicator I can be for you. I want to be the best prayer I can be. I want to have the faith that, that, that is needed. But I, I'm not there yet, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm growing. I'm taking steps of faith. So my question today is, what's your next step? What's that step of faith for you that maybe you've been avoiding? And you're still holding on. <laughs> and... God said, let it go. It's like, well, I let it go over here. Well, I'm talking about this over here. Take that step over here. Nah, we're not looking over there, Lord. Over here. <laughs> Come on, take that next step. I'm with you. When I look in Scripture and I see about steps of faith, it's hard for me not to go straight to one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, when he walked on water. You want to talk about taking steps. This is, this is huge. So Matthew chapter 14, we'll go into that. Because here's the deal. What do I want for you? A fully surrendered life to God is the most fulfilling life you can live. And when you begin to live a life where you're taking those little steps of faith that God wants you to do, whatever it may be, and you see God's power come. Because God asks for our natural, and then he brings his super, and the supernatural begins to happen. I'm believing God in our church. We're praying for it, that we'll begin to see miracles. 
They'll be seeing see just miraculous people healed. Things changed forever in our church. How's that going to happen? Guess what? We're going to have to risk a little bit. We're going to have to say, I'm going to pray that God's going to heal them. And they're like, well, what if they don't? Well, I'm not in charge of the results. I'm in charge of the obedience of taking the step. And if I do that, who knows what God might do on your behalf, on my behalf, on our behalf. So Peter, walking on the water, here's the account. Chapter 14, verse 22 through 31. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So Jesus went on his own. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear because Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And began beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I think why he doubted is why a lot of us doubt and don't take the steps of faith. You know, for years, I've read this story and I preach this story at times as the core being Peter had his eyes on Jesus and he's walking on the water and then he got distracted and he took his eyes and put it on other things. And so then he sank. But when you go back and you really look at the context of the moment and cultural, like when I went to Bible college, I was expecting to really break down the different books in the Bible. One of the things they really broke down was the culture of the times because it gave more light to what the actual meaning was in it. Now this was a time of rabbis, okay? Jesus was a rabbi, okay? He was a Jewish teacher. And so rabbi, being a good teacher, they, they talk about this was a big deal. Like if you were a rabbi, then you were something special. Everybody wanted to be a rabbi. You could put that in whatever you want to put in there. Matter of fact, when they were little kids, everyone was trained the same way. And there came a certain point that if the other rabbis and teachers of the law noticed that they didn't have what it takes to really be able to teach the law, they would look at them and they would say, go ply your family's trade. And then they would go and whatever their family was involved in, they would be involved in. So all these disciples at some point or another were told, hey, go learn under your mom and dad. Go learn your profession under there. You don't have what it takes to be a rabbi. And so when Je this makes sense because when Jesus went to the tax collector, when Jesus went to the fishermen and he said, come, follow me. The Bible says they immediately dropped everything and started to follow Jesus. Well, why would they do that? I mean, if you're a Texan, he's probably making pretty good money. They're probably doing all right. They did not say, hey, let's think about this. Let me figure this out. They immediately dropped it. Why did they? They dropped it because this is how it worked. A rabbi only asked people to follow him when he believed you can do what I'm doing. You can do what I'm doing. So, whoa, this Jesus said, I don't have to be a fisherman. I can be, a, be what he's doing. What? I'll drop everything and follow after him. 
And whatever rabbi would do, all the disciples would do and try to do. And this is ultimately why Jesus says greater works than you will you do. Because as a rabbi, he's teaching us his way and he taught him the way. And so whenever they're on a boat, it makes sense now. And he's walking across the water. Peter goes, well, I want to do that. My rabbi is doing it. That means I can do it. They had already seen people healed, baptized people, cast devils out of people because Jesus showed them and Jesus said, you can do this. So that's why he said, hey, if that's you, Lord, can I come out on the water? He said, okay. Now I'm giving you all this context because I'm driving to this point right here. As our worship team gets ready to come on up, here he is, he gets out the boat. Now watch the scenario now. Now knowing all these things, Peter takes a step on the water and he takes another step on the water because his rabbi's in front of him. Jesus is in front of him, he sees him. And I can just see how it's going. He's taking those faith steps and he looks and he, see the, he sees the wind and the wave and the wind and the wave over here and he begins to sink. He lost faith. Jesus told him after, why did, oh ye of little faith, Why'd you lose faith? Well, who did he lose faith in? Did he lose faith in Jesus? Probably not. Jesus was right there. He was watching Jesus do it. I can almost picture the scenario. He's walking on the water. He sees what's going on. And he goes, I can just see it. I can't believe I'm doing this. See, he didn't lose faith in God's ability. He lost faith that God would use him to do what he's doing. See, many of us, our biggest problem in believing, it isn't believing in God, it's believing God will use you. It's believing God will do it for you. I wonder if Peter was thinking, man, when I told Jesus I was coming, he didn't know all the stuff I did that weekend before. He didn't know how messed up I was with all this stuff. He didn't know my, my issues. He didn't know my issues are so bad, my issues have issues. He didn't know all that. And many of us, we don't doubt God's ability. We lose faith that God would use us. Let me prove it to you. I'm proving to you. How many believe Okay, I need class participation, okay? How many by a raise of hands, you believe that God can do whatever he wants to do? Come on, anybody here, all right? How many y'all believe God can perform miracles? How many y'all believe God can forgive someone of their sin? How many y'all believe God can raise someone from the dead? How many believe God wants to use you this week to raise someone from the dead? All right, we're about three takers. All right, about three. All right, about three. Three, four takers, all right. We, we usually have three or four takers whenever I do that. And I'm just going to say this. If you get that opportunity this week and you're going to do it, call me. Because I'm filming this, brother. All right? That's what I'm doing. See, none of you had an issue with God's ability. None of you. You had an issue because here's the problem. You know you. You know you. And so you think, well, God will do it for all them but I don't know about me. And so you hesitate to take the step. Well, what if it doesn't show up for me? Let me show you something else that God does. 
This is what Jesus said. In John 15, 6, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. But I chose you. I didn't just choose you. I appointed you. I set up an appointment for stuff I need you to do. For miracles to take place, and it's got your name on it. You have an appointment Tuesday at 3 to, to run into someone. So that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. When I was in middle school, they had the, we would play games, and they would, and they would put captains out there. And if you were a captain, you picked the team that you wanted. I'll take him. I'll take her. And I don't know about you. If you ever were stuck in that position like I was many a times, I picked the people that I thought we'd win. I wanted the people I thought we'd win. I wasn't one of those everybody gets a trophy guys. You know, let's give them a chance. No, no. I gave you a chance. You go on that team. I want you on my team. Because I want to win you know what Jesus is saying? You didn't, you didn't choose me. I said, I'm going to need you, Kenny. I'm going to need you, Brandon. That's what he said. I'm going to need you, Joe. That's what he said. I'm going to need you. Ashley, I'm going to need you. You come on my team. Here's a crazy thought that maybe you've never thought of. We talk about believing in Jesus. Have you ever thought he believes in you? You ever had that thought? I choose them. I'm going to empower. I'm going to love them. He's going to take that step of faith. When he does, watch what I do. I want to encourage you. I don't know what your next step is. I don't know what your next step of faith is. Maybe you're staring at it right now and you're trying to figure out what the next step and you're like I want to encourage you he's got you let go and my brother-in-law said this I said well how was he goes it was one of the most awesome rides I ever went on in my life when we live a surrendered life to God it'll be one of the most awesome rides of your life it won't be easy but it'll be full of the supernatural of watching God's faithfulness and I have gotten used to saying this I've gotten used to hearing this. Pastor Jay, you're not going to believe this, but. And when you live a life taking steps of faith, get used to hearing, man, you're not going to believe this, but. Because you took a step and God's power showed there. Whatever it is, take that step. Take the step. Look at the person on the right and left say, take that step. Why don't you guys stand up? I'm going to pray for you and let you go in just a second. But before I let you go, I just got to do this real quick. Out of all the steps to take, the most important step for many of you, the biggest step you'll ever take is surrendering to Jesus. If you've not surrendered your life to Christ yet, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, come to the front. I'm not going to do anything uh, to make you, make you uncomfortable. But I do want to pray for you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three and just say, I'm having everybody close their eyes. I'm going to count to three. And I'm just going to say, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, but you want to do that, you want to take the first and biggest step, would you just look at me real quick and put your head back down? And if that's you, I'll, I'll notice who you are and I'll just say thank you and you can put your head back down. And then I'll say a prayer. And when I say a prayer, I'm going to have everyone in the room repeat it after me. And I'm going to ask you, when you repeat it after me, that you would just mean it with all your heart and God will come and forgive you of your sin. 
cleanse you of all the unrighteousness and live in your life. So this one, I want, I want to ask everybody to close their eyes right now. If that's you, and it's time to make the biggest step of your life, it's surrendering and giving your life over to Christ. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, I'm going to count to three. When I say three, would you just look at me real quick? So here it is. Here we go. One, two, three. Anybody here need to look at me and say, I need to surrender to Jesus. I haven't done it yet. I see you, sir. I see you, man. Proud of you. I see you, sir. It's awesome. Proud of you, sir. Taking that step is a huge step of faith. Proud of you. As you look around, I don't want to miss anyone. Don't want to miss anyone. I see you, man. Proud of you. I see you, sir. I'm proud of you. Anyone else? Many people. I see you, sir, back there. I'm going to say this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone in this room if you would pray this prayer with me today. And for the ones that looked at me, if you would mean this with all your heart, Jesus will come and live in your heart today. Let's all say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and take my life. I give you my past, my present and future. From this day on, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a hand for all those people who said that prayer? Isn't that awesome? Hey, let me pray a prayer blessing over you and encouragement, and I'll let you go. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for everyone that's watching online right now as well. Father, I pray that your favor would surround them like a shield. And God, I pray right now, faith would rise in their heart, God. That thing that they've been needing to take a step of faith in, believe in. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's getting involved. Maybe it's getting back involved. Lord God, whatever that step is, I pray right now, they would determine in their heart to take that step. And Father, I pray when they do that, they would feel the power and the presence of God like never before. I pray the Holy Spirit would just fill them with fire, Lord, as they take those steps forward. And God, I pray it would be contagious. After they take that step of faith, they're looking for the next step because they saw what God did on the last step. And Father, I pray we'd be a people and a church that takes those steps of faith. God, I pray we'd extend your kingdom in all we do this week. And I bless your people today. I pray the peace and favor of God would go with them. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's go to the Lord. One more hand before you guys go. We love you guys. Y'all are dismissed.